Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Raven Conversations podcast, the show where we bring you the news and information from around the Washington National Guard and the Washington Military Department. I'm Jason Price. Well, it's the end of May, and we wanted to make sure we squeeze in a little bit about behavioral health. May was Mental Health Awareness Month, and we all deal with stress in our own ways, especially being in the military, and we want to normalize help-seeking behavior. It's good to know that you are not alone in your struggles and that members of the Guard have many resources available to them. Four members of the behavioral health team stopped by the studio to talk about how to reach out for assistance. We talked about the overview of their program, as well as breaking the historical stigma for seeking help in the military. That's all coming up on this episode of Raven Conversations. Enjoy. Thank you guys for coming in today. Really appreciate it. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And um, I actually did some quick Googling right before this, and I noticed that it was uh, it started in 1949. So it's been going on for quite a long time. And I'm, I would imagine it stems from, like, people coming back from World War II or something that, that, that it started. Um, I got a whole slew of people here with me today, but I'm not going to introduce it. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. And if you, uh, we'll start over here and just go this way. And um, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do for us. Yeah, my name is Lanny Harris. Um, I work here at Camp Murray. Um, I'm an LMHC, which means a licensed mental health counselor. That's a master's level degree. And I'm a counselor, we call it life counselor here, uh, available to uh, guardsmen and their families. Um, I can see people uh, in person here at Camp Murray if they're available. Or I now I'm able to get on a WebEx site and do virtual as well. So that's really cool because it works good for, uh, for MDAers, for uh, weekend soldiers, and we can reach people all over Washington that way. Besides seeing people, I also um, I help resource things that may be beyond what I do, uh, maybe out of scope for me, or it may be um, uh, something they need an actual assessment for or, or medication then I help them find resources. Um, I have different ways of searching and looking for them, and that's part of my job as well. I'm also, a third thing I kind of do a lot of is uh, presentations, so I'll go around to different units, different groups, and do um, mental health moments, maybe like a half hour of presentations on different topics like um, like uh, stress relief and um, loneliness. Sometimes you run into guard and who might be lonely coming off a deployment or something like that. So lots of different topics, and um, I've been doing that for about a year now. And uh, I was before that I was doing MFLAC work at JBLM, so it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing this kind of work for about three years, just loving it, working with the Army. It's great yeah. experience for me. And, and, and you're located right over here at Building 3? Yeah, bil- uh, Medcom Building 34. Med- okay. okay. Yes, sir, that's where I work right. out of. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, I'm Lieutenant Colonel April Fritch. I'm the State Behavioral Health Officer, and I've been with a guard probably well, back. I came. I transitioned from active duty in 2015, and I've been here. Um, our role in the guard is a little bit different than what you see in active duty in terms of not really being able to provide care, but definitely um, helping with case 
management and connecting soldiers with resources in the community and making sure that they're getting the care that they need um, and then we follow them if needed and really our job is to make sure that the the whole formation is uh, ready mm -hmm. and medically ready for deployments okay hi hello I'm major Brittany Reinhardt and I've been working with um, Colonel Fritch also in the guard since 2015 uh, prior active duty and um, also had that transition of trying to get used to um, doing more assessment and connecting with resources versus care um, but it's a um, great way to connect with a lot of different soldiers we see soldiers that just happen to walk in for care or being seen for PHAs and there's an issue identified that they might need help with or if something's come up in the meantime between drills for M-Day soldiers that's been identified in their unit that they need help with we can try to figure out what's going on and see what the next best step for them would be okay and I'm Greg Rieger, and I'm a behavioral health officer here as well. I've been in the Guard for three years, um, prior active duty before that. And uh, I'm a part of the team doing the same work that's already been described, really, you know, um, supporting soldiers who are identified with mood or, or behavioral health challenges and uh, connecting them with uh, the care that will help them uh, both feel a whole lot better and be medically fit for mm -hmm. whatever mission Uncle Sam calls them to. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again for, for being here. <clears throat> so I guess my first question, and I'll throw it out to everybody, I guess, is um, so I want to talk about the stigma of uh, seeking help, I guess, and, okay. and, to, and, and the things we're trying to do to help break that and um, so you know like as members of the military in general doesn't matter if it's guard or active duty or whatever we see and we do things that are really really stressful right and um, and in, in the in the past you know we've tend to tell everybody to just just suck it up and drive on right so like have you seen that change in in your line of work? Have you seen more and more people people seeking seeking help or referring people to seek help or to seek assistance in any capacity for mental health? I think definitely in the last I mean I've been in uniform for about 16 years and I think that it has definitely shifted where soldiers are more willing I think the primary change that I've noticed is leaders being open and supportive of getting their soldiers into care, which has been a really nice change. Um, yeah, from where, the top down, like yes. telling, yeah, like, like, yeah, okay. And, and so see, when see I'm, the example. Yeah, when I'm talking with a commander, it's a lot different than some of the crusty old first sergeants that I used to talk to when I was deployed that were like, you mean to tell me that you want to take him off the line because he's too happy? And... <laughs> Well, yes, he's manic, and I'm concerned about bad decision-making um, <laughs> and, and how that might affect your, your mission. Yeah. Um, so that, it's, that has definitely shifted. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, I joined a couple years after Colonel Fritch did, and so being around for a while and seeing the shift from the, the reluctance um, and even just simple things like um, – behavioral 
health, the term, where it's more of kind of looking at a large range of things and not just illness or mm. disability. And um, it doesn't mean necessarily that you have a behavioral health diagnosis that for a reason that you have to come see us. It could be just a stressor that maybe you need some help with or some coping skills or some strategies to sleep better. Um, it, I think even those kind of things make it less intimidating when people get more of an idea of some of the scope of services that we can mm-hmm. offer. Um, and as far as, you know, back when I was active duty and working in the hospital, we'd have big tags that identify you as psychology or, or behavioral health or um, whatever particular mental health thing. That's one nice thing about the guard is we're just in a uniform with no identifiers. So if, if somebody does feel a little bit embarrassed or shy to come see us, nobody necessarily has to know if somebody walks by, you know, what they're seeing us for. It's not blasted everywhere. If mm-hmm. it, if, for a person who mm-hmm. wants it to be more discreet, it can easily be very discreet. Yeah. The way the way my job works too goes along with that because my rules of engagement are slightly different, and um, uh, so our confidentiality, unless there's a duty to report issue, like mm-hmm. harm to self, harm to others, things like that, um, I am able to just talk to people and do like what you were saying about uh, non-medical kind of things, just helping people with stress or anxiety or something like that. And so that tends to take a lot of the, uh, I've noticed uh, the feeling of, oh, I don't know if I can talk to anybody because they feel at ease talking to me, mm-hmm. usually. We tell them that right up front and that helps. Yeah. What are some ways that soldiers can, can, can contact you guys? Like what kind of, like, let's give a broad, like, what do you guys offer? Like, what do, what do we offer? Um, well, Lanny is offering. Yeah. He has ongoing counseling services. We just hired a new person as well that will be able to do medical counseling um, for that for those soldiers that might not have good insurance or might not be VA service connected or not have the resources to pay for things like couples counseling or whatever it is that they need. Um, Our job is really helping them find those resources and connecting with services and making sure um, we're not allowed in on an M-Day status to do treatment, so we don't do we don't give treatment. But it's really hard. I mean, assessment in and of itself can okay. be therapeutic. So I'm hopeful that in our engagement with soldiers that we're making um, some therapeutic impact, if not just planting seeds and and then tracking them along their their growth mm-hmm. until they get back to not needing our services anymore and return to their units. I like that point because, uh, you know, I think <clears throat> on paper, like being here two days a month, it can feel like, you know, what impact can you really have? But it is, it has been shocking to see, you know, when a soldier is having a mood challenge or a behavioral health problem, they often don't necessarily even understand what's going on. They just feel like things are out of control. Their emotions might be out of control. They're feeling like their relationships are falling apart. And to have the National Guard have multiple processes where those challenges can be identified and they get the support of a professional to link to resources that help. Like, uh, you know, we should not underestimate the value of that safety net that mm-hmm. the, the guard plays in helping identify soldiers who need these resources and getting them to them. 
Yeah, I was going to ask about the differences. I mean, all three of you came from active duty, I just noticed. So it's like, like what are some of the challenges or differences from active duty to National Guard? Like, I mean, they have, you know, soldiers 24 hours a day, right? You know, and these soldiers have jobs and lives outside the Guard. And insurance access mm -hmm. for some people who may not have insurance, which thankfully we do have several resources available for those folks. It's just a matter of helping them be educated about them and get them connected. But that can be a challenge for any type of health care. Um, so that's definitely an issue we run into sometimes. But it's really grateful that we do have several resources available for people who don't have insurance. Or or maybe they do have insurance, but they don't have money for co-pays that uh, may be part of their own private insurance. And you guys can help with that? Help Wow, that's great. Awesome. Any other differences from active duty at all? I think the one of the big issues is BAH and barracks and housing. Um, and I think the other thing, that just in general about the Guard, is that there's a wide variety of skills and qualities that people fulfill in the community as well and so I, it's really fun and interesting to meet uh, uh, all the walks of life and what soldier like on active duty they just do their one active duty job so if you are a mechanic you are a mechanic um, but if you're a mechanic in the guard you may be something very different and work at Amazon and like uh, there's just so much variety um, and so I think we we work with our soldiers to utilize those strengths and, and help them expand upon that. Does, does any of the care go out to extent like family members at all? Is there anything that um, I see people um, uh, basically their immediate family like a husband and a wife children are are eligible. I don't see children myself personally but I do have referrals for people to see children. Mm -hmm. And um, I certainly do some couple stuff, so it's counseling, and um, I can see them individually or together, or both if that's helpful. I can help them find other counselors. Sometimes people want to like do some individual stuff, and then they want to do couples with somebody different. So um, there's a lot of resources available to help them find those kinds of things because uh, uh, out in the civilian world, a marriage counseling can be really difficult to find because everybody's booked up and hard to get in I've noticed and it's so, not covered by insurance and it's so. not covered by insurance that's just so unfortunate so yeah I always say to people this is for your guard not just the guardsman but for his immediate family mm -hmm. too. now now you are do you work full-time as well here I or, do or you're I'm, available at, I'm like, on guard hours full-time like yeah. Tuesday through Friday seven okay. and uh, seven to five uh, I'm here every week okay yeah okay and and you do like throughout the week you're doing counseling like yeah awesome uh, i didn't i didn't know that was, a, it's that was available, available. I, and we're gonna have well, a second I mean, I, person I did, soon. I did in a way but like i didn't know it was like a like a full-time like well part of what in, i do is outreach anytime. too so like i mean i oh, might, okay. I might come to a unit and do, and give a brief yeah. on the presentation of what we do just like kind of what we're doing now right and um people are finding out that we're here and that's important so the more that people know we're available, you know, the, the busier uh, the counseling schedule will get, which is the goal, of course, of outreach. How many of you are there? Is there? There's one right now, a second one coming. Okay. Who's going to work full time along with me? And and like Colonel Fritch was saying, 
Uh, we're going to have non-medical and medical, so we're going to cover okay. both ends. And our goal and hope is to expand that quite a bit in the next year or two. Excellent. You know, one other difference with active duty, I think, is the, uh, the importance of our connections with resources outside of DOD. I mean, I, I spent four years on active duty. I'm not sure I ever interfaced with VA once, you know? Mm. You're on active duty, you have a military treatment facility, we yep. take care of our own soldiers. And, you know, here we've got a lot of guardsmen who are eligible for VA, go there for their care, maybe go to the vet centers. Go to you know nonprofits in the community, and those connections are critical for us. Here. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to talk about? Future of the program, maybe. Is there anything that's coming up? Or well, you guys are hiring. This I, I remember, but uh, yeah, we'd like to expand the program, um, and I think we're our efforts are in the right spot, and we've converted some of our positions to GS so we're able to better recruit um, we all do have military backgrounds and we all came from active duty and in part that's just because behavioral health and practicing and learning so quickly the regulations and the limitations and what is medically disqualifying or not from a behavioral health standpoint it takes a long time um, so training somebody up off the street um, and we're right next to JBLM. So we have a training program there and people like the area so they stay. Uh, and then we recruit old people, oh, not old people, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we recruit old friends that we, we knew before. Um, I'm leaving that in. Uh, so um, I think the only other thing that I wanted to, I wanted to circle back to was mm -hmm. stigma and that oftentimes soldiers will come and they will be concerned about how behavioral health may or may not affect their career. And I think the, the folks that have done the best job are the security clearance people who have been really clear that it is better to go and get and seek treatment than it is to let a problem go unresolved. Yeah. And in my experience, the, the people that sort of just try to bottle it up and don't acknowledge what's happening for them are the folks that it eventually creeps into their occupational function and it affects their job performance and they're not gonna that negatively or it adversely affects their career more so than if they were yeah. to seek treatment. The, the the negative outcomes are just can can just be monumental if unresolved. It's, it's absolutely yeah. And that, that's and I think those are the stories that people see when people wait too long and then they see yeah. them disappear. Um, they used to call psychiatrists wizards um, in the arm in the military because they would make them poof and go away. Uh, but that's not what our role is. Our role is to make yeah. them disappear back to the unit yeah, yeah. Um, so that they can be fully functioning and yeah. and really enjoy their service and get some meaning out of the service. And, and these last couple of episodes that I've recorded, like I've, I've been uh, uh, speaking with Josh Mullen, you know, with the, the H2F holistic health and fitness program that he's trying to implement. It's just, a, it's just like, it's like all coming together in my, in my mind, how all of this is interconnected. You know, it's just like 
helping the individual soldier like be their best self physically, mentally, spiritually, you know, all the, all the above, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see. Like it's, it's pretty neat to see that, that this is all happening and, and it's available for all of us, you know, um, I'm, I'm not ashamed to, uh, to t- say that I seek therapy as well, you know, once a week. So, um, and it's, it's been really, really helpful. So, yeah, and it sucks that it's not covered under insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, and we're always going to work with the soldiers to ultimately our goal is to try to return them to duty if that's possible, you know. So it's not going to be like you come talk to us once and boom, that's it, you're out. There's right. going to be chances to work to develop a plan to see what we can do to help get them back up to speed and feeling better so they can fully meet the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's never going to be just kind of like some one and done thing they come see us and boom their career's over there's there's um we want to help them we want to get them to where they can get better and be feeling better and functioning better and i've noticed in my role that command plays a huge role in that like when they bring a younger soldier in and say hey talk to this guy or talk to this person it really makes a difference when they encourage them to to Mm -hmm. i mean i don't i wasn't here 30 years ago but i just know what i see in this year and it's it's awesome when you see command doing that and they understand kind of what we've been talking about have you guys seen any like is there, has there been any increase in in like workload like or is has it been kind of the same or, or? it comes with lulls because we have the deployment schedules yeah. too oh, so then go. there'll be okay. the mobs and we got a lot of people for mobe clearances yeah, yeah so. okay and then post mobe like there's generally like stressors are increased yeah. when people okay. are away from their families and yeah. just the nature of mobilization is a stressful. Okay, that makes event. sense. Yeah. Definitely goes in cycles. Yeah. Uh, the two years I was at JBLM too, they they would cycle. You get really busy one time, and you'd have to sit and figure out like why why am I not as busy this month? And sometimes it was as easy as holiday. Pe- people are doing busy family things, and mm-hmm. so like Christmas time would be a downtime generally, and then other times it just picks right back up. And so it's very cyclical that way. Is what I've noticed. It seems that way yeah. in the guard as well. Okay. Any any other topics that you want to speak about? Ma'am, what are you most proud of? Me? Yeah, for the behavioral health section. I think we have a very cohesive team. Um, one of our members is not here right now, and he is a psychiatrist. Uh, but I, th- I think that we work well together, and I think we're on the same page when it comes to making clinical decisions. Mm-hmm. which makes it really easy um, that there's not and I, I, I think individually I know that uh, Mr. Harris had somebody that he saw that really he's gotten some really positive feedback and I think that we're that we're making a difference in soldiers lives and th- that's probably what makes the most I would chime in with that exactly like when you do, you don't always hear feedback, but every once in a while you do, and you realize you've made a difference in somebody just by being there for them and helping them with some resources and things. And it's, uh, it's to me, that's very gratifying. Imagine that makes some, it all worthwhile. It certainly yeah. does. Yeah, because sometimes we might be the first time they've ever talked to a behavioral health yep. mm-hmm. professional, and it's just that, like people always say, that first step is the hardest. And so just to make that connection to finally Absolutely. open up about some stuff that you've been 
a lot of times, in many cases, holding in for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal for people. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered it all. If, if there's nothing else, I will, we'll, we'll end it here. Thanks again for uh, coming in and speaking about this really important topic. Thanks for having Thank us. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you.